And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California. Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Rod Real Radio. It's indeed our pleasure to have you tonight. Hey, listen, I'm going to forego right now the introduction. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshahar. But we're going to go right to satellite call that we have from Captain Mike Franchek, owner-operator of Relentless Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. He's right in the middle of a two-and-a-half-day trip. He's had a great season so far. We're going to see what's happening uh, this past weekend today. Captain Mike, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Hey, good afternoon, John. Thanks for having us. No, no, thank you for being on. Stan and Wendy, you want to say hello to Mike, too? Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you guys doing? Hope you're having as much fun as we are. <laughs> I don't know if talking about it is as good as doing it, Mike, but, man, uh, it, it, it looks like this season, you know, you're right on the, the cusp of it breaking loose. Tell us a little bit about how. You know, the, that's exactly the, uh, the words I was going to use there. Yeah, we've been looking at a, a pretty impressive volume of fish, I'd say, the last couple months, starting with that bluefin. Uh, that really is still stuck around. You know, if you want to go look at uh, 50 to 150 pound bluefin, we can take you to do that any day. Um, and then the last week plus, we've seen uh, we've seen some dandy schools of this yellowfin tuna, 12 to 25 pound yellowfin tuna. I probably had at least a dozen schools this week, uh, if not more. That if they wanted to get with it, we we get fixed up in a hurry. And there's there's some volume. Um, there's a couple of funky conditions. This stuff's kind of in a little bit of off water. Uh, you got to kind of get in the off-green water to really get on this fish. And a little bit of a, a feed layer, microbait issue as well. I think as soon as this stuff kind of slides out in better water and, and decides to get with it, it's going to be game on. And that could actually happen, you know, honest, on, honestly, on a day-to-day basis. So I'd say uh, week by week, it's definitely something to keep track of. And certainly I'd, I'd say day by day. There's, there's legitimate shots at fish. It's just you got to look at a lot of schools to get on the right one that wants to give you a little bit of an opportunity. But uh, it has been late late in the day fish in large part. We've caught a lot of uh, a lot of our production the last week or so has been from 4 o'clock on until dark. So uh, we're, uh, we're hunkered down. We're looking for a bite in school here to end the day on for sure. Mike, that's really one of the uh, benefits of going on out on a day and a half or a two and a half day trip is the fact that you know, it gives you time to find the fish uh, or to do some new things to see if you can find some new fish. And 
if it is like these tuna have been, both the bluefin and the elephant, it seems like there's been a lot better bite later on the afternoon. It gives you time to fish them. Oh, absolutely. As an operator, we, we, we love being out for a full day. You know, let you let you work whatever time of day patterns are developing in your favor. Um, you know, a lot of this fish, I'd say the last week or so, we don't even see much of in the morning. Start seeing it late morning. Uh, and like I say, the, the better the better hits have been late afternoon, early evening. So we're uh, so, we're uh, so Mike, are you just sitting on that stuff you find the school maybe that's down and just sit on it and then put bait on it until it wants to play? Yeah, you know this stuff. Actually, the 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 most impressive thing about it is a lot of these schools you can stop up pretty good. You can light it up with your chum. It drifts with the boat really good. You think you're gonna plunk away. Uh, but you really, you really don't. I'd say every fish we've cut of this yellowfin this last week uh, has been absolutely plugged with our chum sardine. It's got no problem eating the chum sardine. It's just, uh, it's very tough to put a hook in one. We've been fishing a lot of 20-pound monofilament, 15-pound monofilament, uh, number two and number four hooks. You know, doing whatever we can do to get in a, get into a bite and fish. And, and for the most part, you know, they hit three, four, five schools that drift with you, and then then you'll get on the right one that comes right to the stern and you get a little shot. So it's it's kind of a toss-up, you know. You sit a couple out uh, that, that your gut tells you you're gonna plunk away a little bit, and then other ones, you, you know, you're just not gonna hook one. And you want to make sure you get on get on that right one at the right time, type of affair. Mike, with these yellowfin, what kind, what grade of fish are you talking about right now? That's what I was gonna ask. Uh, Twelve oh. to twenty-five. I'd say most of it's like fifteen, seventeen, eighteen pounds. Now, is there anything else mixed up with them? Because I'm seeing some counts of. Uh, so the counts of Dorado for the past couple of weeks have been increasing. Are there Dorado mixed up with them? And are you also finding some yeah, yellows? Yeah, actually, you know, like I said, uh, this yellowfin's kind of off water. It's, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's water we typically do not spend a lot of time in, other than the fact that there's there's sheer volume of fish in there. You get out some cleaner water, you know, we've seen quite a bit of Dorado, good grade Dorado on, on kelps. Uh, we came off a of kelp today, probably had 30 or 40 nice grade Dorado. I think we caught out of it. Oh, nice. um, so again, again, I think stuff needs to settle in, and once it once it flips the bite switch, it's gonna be game on. That could be uh, honestly, that could be a day to day thing. You know, also a nice thing about going on a, a two and a half day trip like you're doing right now is you can go out, you can search for tuna, you can stack up on tuna, and and then when you're finished with that, you can go out and try and find the Dorado and Yellowtail and find yourself a a good patty, and you just need one to, for it to be pay dirt. Exactly. All we need is one school this yellowfin, and then tomorrow, tomorrow there's a little bit of kelping to the south. We'll definitely be making a move and uh, fishing, fishing that yellowtail. There's, there's better grade yellows on kelps. I'd say most of it's 18 to 30 pound fish with a little bit of Dorado mixed in. That'll be our that'll be our day tomorrow. But uh, gosh, we'd sure like to get one of these schools to go for us because it, it's uh, it's not going to take long if one wants to get with it. That's for sure. There's some there's some screen filler sonar schools to be had. Wow. At least it's starting to eat the fin bait a little better than it was. Yeah, exactly. So no, we got high hopes. We're gonna we're gonna hunker down, work our edge here, and we'll pick off a bite in school before dark. If we pick one off right away, we'll probably call back and let you guys know. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> hey, how far uh, from, awesome. how far from San Diego are you having to go, uh, Mike? You know, a lot of that fish is is up the line. It's pretty close to home. Uh, we're working a little bit of a different area here. So we're uh we're we're about seventy miles from home here at the moment, but uh, you can find fish a heck of a lot closer than that. 
Yeah, that sounds good. And what's your schedule looking like, uh, you know, for the rest of this weekend? And right now, you know, we have a big, uh, we've got big surf and a lot of surge right on the immediate coast uh, from disturbances down from the south. Are you seeing that out there right now? You know, we're not. Offshore, it's actually very nice weather, gorgeous weather. Great. Um, this is about as nice as it gets. We've got a little bit of a, a mixed swell, long period, small mixed swell here. And uh, about seven knots of breeze on it here, so it's just enough breeze to keep it comfortable and give you a nice drift. And uh, it's supposed to be nice, I think, most of the week, maybe a little bit of breeze Tuesday afternoon and evening. Wow. And uh, our schedule, you know, we're, 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 we're pretty chartered up. We do have a little bit of limited load open party, uh, mostly day-and-a-half trips in August. And then we have one this Tuesday night and this following Saturday night. Um, but other than that, we're pretty much uh, one charter after another here. Well, I know you just uh, you just took over the relentless here at the beginning of the season. Right now, is it all that it's uh, cracked up to be? Uh, oh no, we, we we fished last year. We, okay. We fished the boat last year, so it's a it's a heck of a little charter boat. I really like it. Coming from uh, running the Aztec for a long time, this is just a little Aztec mini, and it's uh, it's a great 60 foot uh, charter boat, and it's uh, great for 20 20 guys or less. We uh, we like it. Man, well, I've been on that boat before. It's a great boat, and it's got a great reputation. Uh, Mike, if people want to get a hold of you or find out what your schedule is, uh, how's the best way to go about doing it? You know, um, this this time of year, it's a little tough. We're definitely uh, uh, out of contact uh, more often than we're not. Uh, as far as charter inquiries, they're always more than welcome to email me at uh, relentlesscharters at outlook.com. Or give me a call at 619-818-5664. And as far as uh, open party availability, that's all through the landing. That's H&M Landing. And uh, you can always call at the office or go online at hmlanding.com to see uh, every boat's schedule. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of availability as far as open party spots on a lot of boats. And as soon as this stuff starts biting, I think you guys are going to be able to get out on, uh, on some light loads for the first week of August. So keep an eye on the counts, and when it takes off, hop on a boat. And, Mike, uh, with the type of fishing you're doing right now, you say you're not really targeting these bluefins. So what type of uh, setup and gear should uh, the fishermen be bringing out if they're coming on out with you for a day-and-a-half or a two-and-a-half-day trip? Should they bring trolling gear, or uh, should they be ready for all types of fish, or what do you suggest? You know, definitely, I, I say a trip like this a little bit of a mix. You know, it's a it's a trip by trip basis and a group by group basis. We certainly have groups that want to fish that bigger bluefin. Uh, this yellowfin, like I was saying, is very much a finesse fishery right now. We're fishing a lot of 20 pound monofilament, uh, 20 pound fluoro, uh, number two and number four hooks. But at the same time, we're bumping into 30 pound yellows on kelp. So you want to be able to fish uh, 30 or 40 pound on a, on a two lot hook as well. So. If you got it, bring it on a two-and-a-half day, honestly. All right. Well, Captain Mike Franchek from uh, the Relentless Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing, I, I can't tell you how much I, I appreciate you taking some time to give us a call. I, I know you still have a couple hours of fishing time left, so go out there and get them. And when are you going to be back in the port? I'll be back in Tuesday morning. I'll be back in Tuesday morning. we got we got the best hours of the day ahead of us, so we're going to get back to work here and and do what we do. All right, Captain Mike, thanks a lot for uh, giving us a call. We look forward to seeing you when you get back into San Diego. You got it. Always a pleasure. You guys have a wonderful evening. 
And uh, like I said, if we get busy off the of school here pretty pretty quick, we'll uh, we'll certainly call the check in. All right, give them up, Mike. Give us a call, Mike. Thanks a lot for the report. You guys, thank you guys. Take take care. Hey, you know, Stan and Wendy, I know you guys have been out, and we'll talk a little bit about that here uh, in a little bit. But from all what we're seeing right now with the boat reports and everything like that, it seems like the numbers are building, the fish are coming closer, and there's a good mix of them. You know, that staff was stacked up. uh, Wendy just got back from hers, and uh, I was out the week, the last weekend. Um, But uh, it was starting to really stack up. We found schools of that yellowfin out off the north end of the 209, which um, wasn't there. And it was quality fish of that 25, 30 pounds is what we caught. So I know it's the water. Say what? What color was the water? Green. (laughs) Yeah, we found a lot of green water, too. It was not, but it was 73-degree water. I mean, we were about ready to start trolling for Wahoo. Uh, <laughs> and out in the middle of nothing, we ran over school, so that, that bluefin, that big stuff, it didn't want to play. It was kind of down for the day like they do. But put the troll baits back in the water. Next thing you know, we got about a 35-pound yellowtail out of the blue in the middle of nothing. And that was the only biter. It was, it's been a weird type of year, the way it's kind of stacking up, but... You know, this fish is getting, at least it's starting to eat the fin bait. So that's really positive. I think the the end of this year is just going to light it up. Wow, it sure sounds like it. You know, and I think that's what uh, uh, Captain Mike was talking about, that the water was a little funky out there, that uh, finding a lot of different colored water and everything else like that, but uh, still a lot of bait fish out there. I haven't heard anything about the, the red crab. Did you guys find red crab out there? Yes. I didn't. Well, you know, that yellowtail, speaking of that, when the yellowtail came up, that one that ate the troll bait, um, it just came out of nowhere, like I said. But then when they stuck the gaff in it, it was spitting red crab everywhere. Uh, and those two tuna that we put on that on the troll also, um, well, one was on iron, but they were spitting up the red crab too. It's deep. I think that bio, biomass of that crab is down a ways, uh, and that's what's keeping that that bluefin, I think, down there, because it was 180 to 230 fathoms. That's pretty deep. You're you're looking at, you know, 230 to 300 feet-ish. So that stuff, you know, that'll keep it down. If they're down there slurping on that red crab still, you know, and not eating the fin bait, that's part of the game. Wow. You know, and the bluefin are still up here. They're all spread up uh, up along the line. They go all the way up uh, into um, uh, Orange County, uh I know a few of the guys on the private boats have been going after them, but I tell you, some of the spear fishing, I don't know if you've seen some of the spear fishermen out there, they are getting some toads. Well, that's because you get to pick the one you want to shoot. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Man, they are going to town on that. So what a great variety of fish, you know. We'll talk a little bit more about the fishing report here in the next segment, but, you know, we're talking about having to go offshore, but... Stan and Wendy, I don't think I have seen or heard of better calico bass fishing than we've seen uh, here in the past few weeks. Uh, not only from the private boaters, but from the the half day and the three quarter day boats going out. The the calico fishing has been off the hook. And you're not That's kidding. awesome. Well, you know, and we go ahead, Wendy. 
You know, when we had our uh, King of the Calico tournament uh, two weeks ago, we uh, we caught five, six, and even a nine pounder on our team. So, really? and the calico bass fishing was awesome. It was it it was amazing, and we got Anna Kappa Dan. Mm. Still a nine pounder. That's a that's a hell of a calico. <laughs> it was. You know, guys, not only the size of the fish, but the numbers of fish. You know the. Uh, the private boaters reports that we're getting back all the way up from, uh, you know, uh, 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 Marina del Rey, uh, Point Furman, uh, going on up the coast there and then coming on down here in San Diego and off our local waters and then down off Imperial Beach and then right in the immediate waters around uh, 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 Coronado Islands. The fishing has just been off the hook and, and plenty of them. So uh, uh, we want to remind you that, yeah, there are plenty of fish out there, but, you know, just take what you can take of these calicos. They they take a really, really long growing, uh, 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 you know, it takes them a long time to grow. Uh, so, uh, you know, take what you want or better yet, go out there and just catch and release them. So, Stan, Wendy, and I, so we can get a chance to go out there and get them, too, here in the not-too-distant future. Well, you know, even on our trip, I had a two-and-a-half day, and we decided we were going to go. I mean, I got there early in the morning because Fridays are hell to pay on the freeway. <laughs> if you're trying to get to San Diego, you've got to get down there earlier. You're going to be there late. So all of our guys were down there midday, and and Bobby just said, you know, let's just take off and let's go down to, uh, you know, San Martin, which was okay with all the guys because the yellowtail fish had been pretty good down there. And as we got out the harbor, you know, the guys started calling, and, and the wind was up, and it got kind of blustery. So we ended up sliding in, you know, for that afternoon. Let's just go over the Coronados because the yellows have been biting pretty good. And it was game on pretty quick. You know, if you got close enough to the rock on the drift or on the swing of the anchor, you were catching, you know, that three- to five-pound calico and we had one probably six and it which was pretty good fishing so the guys would wait till a swing throw iron uh, throw iron or or uh, uh just a jig i mean a lead head with a kicktail on it and and catching calicos on the swing then they get back in a deep water you put a bait back out and and i was fishing straight mackerel and catching regulation yellowtails on every one so it's it, it's been pretty crazy good, and then we tried fishing for the bluefin, and that's, you know, like uh, you flip the coin and hope you hook one. And we've got a couple hooked up, but that stuff doesn't really want to play yet. But if you get one, it's that, well, ours were 77, 80-pound fish. So, oh. Hey, guys, let's take a, a break right now. You know, I didn't get a chance to introduce them properly. You've been... Listen here to Stan Vandenberg. He's the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT. And also, Wendy Toshahara. She's the national sales manager for Iserline. I'm Hopalong John Cassidy, owner-operator of Angler's Arsenal and Western Plastics and host of Ron Real Radio and a bunch of other things. We're going to take a break right now, but we'll be back after these messages with more fishing and more fish reports.
You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. 
And everybody, welcome back to Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg and Winnie Toshahar, they're here with me tonight. Hey, just one reminder, the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways would like to remind you, a life jacket becomes very fashionable when it's too late to put one on. Buckle up before you leave the dock. <laughs> hey, that That's a fact, too. Hey, you know... We're talking about how great the fishing is, and Ron Real Radio has got a couple of great trips coming on up. First of all, leaving September the 16th out of H&M Landing. we got a two-and-a-half-day trip fishing aboard the Legend with Captain Chuck Taft. We'll leave Friday evening, fish Saturday, Sunday, come back on a Monday morning. So this is out of H&M Landing. The departure date, September the 16th. Come back on the 19th. $625 includes your meals and all the neat things like that. Give H&M Landing a call at 619-222-1144. I think we've got about 14 spots sold on that trip. We're going we're gonna to go out there and have a great time, and, uh, and we'll be right in the middle of the great fishing. Well, then, let me, you, let me, I'm going to bring up a subject here. I got caught in a, in a bad situation on the, at the dock when I got back on our two-and-a-half day because I was not informed. Um, a lot of people say that they are, but, you know, most of my friends aren't. If you're out on these two-and-a-half-day trips and there are, you know, you come back and you want to get your fish to the processors, there are new rules that the processors are going through or are going by. So if you're bringing in fish that are pelagic fish and they're under 10 pounds, they will not cut them for you. So be prepared to have your own ice chest if that's the case. Uh, we found out kind of the hard way. I had a whole grip load of newbies that uh, came out and caught their first yellowtails, and, and uh, they weren't quite 10 pounds. They were just under, and we had uh, kind of a calamity at the docks. So know that Five Star doesn't take a fish under 10 pounds, and then uh, Fisherman's doesn't take one uh, a under 20 now. So be prepared if you're going out. Know that if you're going to, t- if you've got small fish, go to Sportsman's Fishing uh, uh, Sportsman's Processors. Uh, they've been around the longest, anyhow. They've been down there for 35 years. Um, but that's where you're probably going to have to get your fish processed if you want them done. And they've got the best smoker around too. So yeah, you know, uh, Stan, uh, I know with uh, Five Star, that's been a policy they've had in effect for about a year and a half, and. Normally, only about a year. That not quite a year that they had. Our last adventure, we didn't have that problem, um, but it, it's come up. I talked to Sarah, and I told her we were going to talk about this because it's important that people know. But it's not quite a year that they've been doing that, and they they decided. You know, it's it's not unwise. It's just people need to know that this wise up if you go. Sportsman's um, is the only one that'll take your smaller fish, uh, but. But the reason being is they're trying to preserve the species. You know, there's no need. The long-range boats, they always throw back those small fish. If you're going on these local boats and, you know, there's a lot of first-timers out there or people that just don't get a chance to go, I understand that you want to keep the smaller fish. That doesn't bother me at all. But they're trying to, you know, take care of the species. That that 10-pound, 12-pound fish next year is going to be, you know, 15 to 20 pounds. And and then, you know, it's a, a, a more of a catchable fish. So they're looking out for the resources, and I, we understand that. But just know that you're, if you're going, Sportsman's is going to be the one you're going to use if you want uh, your smaller fish filleted. Right. And, hey, uh, you know, I just went, I just came back from my trip, 
And the fr- this is uh, the first time I've ever used Sportsman, yeah. and they did an amazing job. I was very happy. Well, they're, they've been around the longest. We've uh, been using them for years and years and years. I mean, Mario, everybody remembers Mario. He was down there. He was part of our regular group of guys, and that's basically where Mario did all of his uh, his work from. And and then when he passed away just a little bit, uh, a little while ago, you know, they picked up the, the banner, and they've been flying it and doing a great job. But they've always done a great job. And their smoker, if you want smoked fish, bar none, that is the place to go because everybody else uses them. Yeah, yeah. remember, uh, you'll have to tell the deckhands that you want your fish processed because they won't cut them up. Now, if you have fish that are smaller than 10 pounds or 15 or whatever it is, and you want the deckhands to cut them on up and give them to you, yeah, they'll do that too. But uh, if you're going to take your fish to the processor, you've got to keep them whole. Now, uh, Five Star and uh, Fisherman's Processing, they're running out of H&M Landing over there, and they'll uh, – They'll pick up your fish normally for you. If you go over to Sportsman's, they're adjacent to uh, Seaforth's fishing over there in, in uh, Mission Bay. And if you're fishing out of uh, H&M or Point Loma or Fisherman's Landing, you'll have to bring your fish over there, but they'll be Oh, happy no, they, to come do that. they will come. They, they, oh. If you call ahead of time, um, they'll come down and they'll meet the boat just like everybody else. We, you know, normally, we would call ahead on all of our trips, at least I do, and, and line up the processors that you want to be there. Um, and they they will meet you at the dock. And, I mean, I've had five stars come down there at night to meet us, which nobody else does. So, right. there's you know, if you've got the relationship with the processors and you happen to be a charter master, uh, that's it's always good to set that up ahead of time. But no ahead of time. Um, if you've got, like, the rookies, I, I was pretty unhappy with the situation because I didn't know, and that's my fault. Um, but I had people from Texas that that's the first fish they've ever caught, and they couldn't take it home with them. Um, so there was some, you know, there's some learning processes we're going through as we go through this, but this is good to know. It's good information that you, you know, that we're putting out here. So if you're going to go, um, request ahead of time if you're on, if you're a charter master, and you can call down and find out. If not, bring ice chests, and you can deliver it to, uh, the sportsmen, then they'll still cut your fish, and they do a great, 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 great job. Well, guys, let's talk a little bit about how your trips went. Wendy, first of all, you were out uh, on a Iserline Turner's trip uh, on the searcher. How'd you guys do? You know, we we decided that uh, we weren't going to play with the big blue fin, and that we were going to head straight out to Benitos. So we went to Benitos for the first two days, and. The yellowtail were up to third, almost 38 pounds. These Oops. guys were monsters. Good fish. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun, but we had to fight off the seals. So, you know, the seals the, the seals are pretty thick over there, but still, I mean, just an amazing island. I, I'd never been to Benitos where the fish have been so big. It's usually Cedros. Wow, that sounds pretty good. Uh, you know, yeah. and... And just to give you an idea of what's happening right now, some of the current reports, uh, you know, the H&M landing boats, uh, the Dorado, they've got uh, they've got uh, 27 uh, 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 anglers on right now. That's the Dolphin, I should say. And they've got 26 Yellowtail that they're reporting and uh, 26 Yellowfin. So they've got a great catch of boats. Uh, Malahini went out today, and so far they've got 20 Yellowtail. They're not back yet. 
Uh, Ranger 85 went out. They got uh, 38 big uh, yellowfin tuna. They got two Dorados, uh, a great mix. Top Gun 80 went out again. They're still out, and they've got a mix of tuna and yellowtail. And the Constitution just came in this morning with 78 yellowfin tuna. The uh, Vendetta is just ready to come back in, and they've got a great mix of uh, yellowtail, too. So, you know, as we're saying, we're right, I think, in the beginning of this 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 great you know, season that's about ready to be launched or even get better. Now, Stan, you went out over the weekend. How did it go for you guys? Well, actually, we had a phenomenal trip because we didn't expect – we didn't know what we were going to do, for one, because a lot of the boats that were down below, like we weren't we – we couldn't go all the way to Bonitas or Cedros, which that's always good. You know you're going to get big fish down there, and there's always competition with the sea lions down there. But the calico fishing is great, and the yellowtail fishing can be off the charts good, like Wendy was saying that. You know, to get 35 to 38-pound fish is incredible, and, and they got lots of them there, and the, they pull hard. Now, going down and back, there's some desert area that you get to go through to, that there's nothing in. That's the one problem with <laughs> with going down there right now. The fish are either up here or down along the coast on San Martin and all the way down to, to Bonita. So we just decided because everybody was there and we, it was halfway through the day on Friday, let's just go, and we stopped at, at the Coronados. And, and the wind's blowing one way, current's going another way, and, and, the, and the slop is pushing you off the rocks the, another direction. So, And the wind would, would turn and come from any number of directions, and any depending on where you were sitting on one of those islands, North or South Island, and it, it would kind of swing you all over the place. But the, even the long-range boats were there because it was so snotty down below. Uh, we had, you know, it wasn't supposed to be that windy, but it was probably 20 and some change sustained and blowing it all different directions. But we sat there and caught really, really good, great yellowtail. We had them up to about 32 or 33 pounds was the wow. biggest, I think, uh, from that arena. But that's some nice fish for for local fish we had some smaller stuff and some great calico bass fishing and then we went decided the last day okay let's just take our shot at, at that bigger bluefin and see if we can find it and we know that that's pretty much a crapshoot uh you're going to go out and if you can locate them try to get one or two to eat now one thing we did when in the evening we sat down there at uh, the coronado islands and we made smattish mackerel uh for bait and put some of that in the tank because that bluefin likes eating that Spanish. Uh, bluefin will eat tomcods, too, actually, if you get them out there or croakers. Um, but uh, we caught a bunch of that stuff and took it out there, and the two biters that we got were on that Spanish mackerel. Um, and then uh, one guy got one late in the evening on a uh, uh, flatfall. And that bluefin that's out there right now, he even, you know, what Frank was saying, it likes to bite into the night. And yeah. that afternoon stuff, if you don't get them in the morning, that's okay. If they're not up and popping around because they do that where you just don't see them, you don't get a shot at them. A lot of the guys are throwing poppers trying to get that last shot at those fish. Um, we didn't have any come up on that. But if if the fish were underneath you, they would eat, you know, the a bait now and again, and that flat ball has been the the key or the sniper or there's a new one called the squish jig that's really, really good. I really like that one. Um, although I do take the hooks off of those things and put a sidewash, a large sidewash hook on, on those, but you can throw those, the, 
the squish jig, you can throw that out there and let it sink down. When you reel it back up, it doesn't spin, which is nice. I don't know about the sniper. Wendy, you've used that a little bit more. I love the Colt Sniper, and, and you can use it a lot of different ways. You can just let it go down and just drop and flutter down, but you also can jig it, you know, just like we were um, fishing deep water in Lake Paris or something, you know, up and down, up and down. You also can just uh, reel it in really fast, so it's pretty versatile. Does it spin, do you know, when you reel it in uh, fast? No, it didn't spin at all. It, it just it swam really nice. Well, that, that was what we found with that um, squish jig. Um, that the savage makes it. It's pretty pretty cool little bait. I I got three or four of them that I took out there, re-rigged them. Um, I think that'll even be good for your bigger tuna when you get down below. I think the yellow, I mean the yellowtail are going to eat it for sure. But I think the wahoo probably eat those things too because they swim really well even at high speed. So the new bait we found that we were playing with. There's something new to try other than your tatties and your salads. I would take a couple of those with me, but I always have my tatty, jig, tatty iron, and I've always got a couple of pieces of salads because that's what they eat. You know, Stan here, uh, I got a hint from uh, Doug Kern over at uh, Fisherman's Landing, and uh, the flat falls obviously have been working really well and trying to keep them in stock is just another matter but he said <laughs> he said with these fish going deeper one of the colors that has really started turning on there's a glow in the dark and you know you look in the sardine and and the anchovy and the squid that looks really good and you look at this glow in the dark and it's you know kind of greenish pale on one side and white on the other side and you go hey Man, I just don't have confidence in that color. And they've been eating the paint off this thing. And here's another tip for you, too, on these flat falls. Throw them with a spinning rod if you can do it. Because what happens is that flat fall goes down like a knife jig. And as it's going down, it has it shoots out one way. And then it comes back. And it shoots back the other way. And when you're using a casting reel, you have a tendency to keep your thumb on that uh, spool. And that kind of cuts down on that shooting back and forth uh, uh, motion when it's uh, on the way down. So if you're brave enough to go out there and fish with a spinning reel, go out there and fish with a spinning reel. Hey, Make guys. sure you've got heavy braid on it, though, <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and at least an 80-pound little short top shot of 18 to 20 inches so that if you do get bit by one of those fish, you at least stand a small chance of landing them. All right. Hey, you know, uh, guys, before we take a break right now, we happen to mention going down to Cedrus Island. You know, if you go down to one of the sports fishing boats, you get a chance to see a lot of great places like San Martin and maybe, uh, you know, the San Francisco Reef and things like that. But we've got to fly down, fly back to Cedrus Island instead of spending 42 hours on a boat getting down there, 42 hours coming back. You leave on, we're going to leave on Friday, fly on down there, and we'll be in the water in the afternoon on Friday afternoon. We'll fish Saturday, Sunday. We'll come back. We're going to be the guest of Jose Angel at Cedros Outdoor Adventure. So it's a fly down, fly back, leave Monday, uh, uh, Friday, come back on Monday. we got a special uh, Rod Reel Radio uh, uh, price on the trip. It's $1,495. We depart September 30th, come back October the 3rd. Last time I was down there during that period, I had a 52-pound yellowtail, and that turned out not to be the biggest yellowtail. There was some other fellow that <laughs> aced me out. Well, Stan, I caught that while, fish, uh, while fishing calicos. I, 
I, we, you know, we were only out there for two and a half days. I went through 150 swim baits. I fished with the lawman. We had one day fishing the west side of the islands for, for calicos, 171 calicos. But the rest of the group, they had tuna, sheep's head, halibut, big yellowtail. This is a great trip. So come on down with us. Check us out on Rod Real Radio on Facebook, and you'll get more details. We'll be talking about it more as the month goes on. Guys, we're way over time. If you've never been to Cedros, that is just heaven on earth for calico fishing and yellowtail. Cedros and Bonitas both. Um, You can get down there. I mean, there there are stones throw from each other. You can fish both of them depending on on where you want to go and where the fish are biting. And then you'll see massive, massive schools of yellowtail breezers out there. So nothing but fun. One of one of the better places around to fish. All right. Hey, guys, we are way over time. Let's take a break right now. Coming up next is the Southern California Inshore Report with Captain James Nelson. Uh, Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, everybody, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. You know, I forgot to mention uh, when we first uh, started the show, our 6 o'clock guest is going to be the 2016 Coastal FLW Series Western Division Strike King Angler of the Year and the 2015 One Bass U.S. Open Champion, He's from the West here, one of the better fishermen that we have out here in the West, Mr. Roy Hawks. So at the 6 o'clock hour, Roy Hawks is going to be with us. So 
Make sure you don't touch that dial for uh, Rod Real Radio for the rest of the evening. Hey, now it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report with Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. Captain James, we've been talking about pretty good calico bite, pretty good uh, inshore bite here at the beginning of the show. Is it continuing that way for you? Sure it is, John. All right. Thank you, Jim. (laughs) See you later, Jim. All right. Talk to you guys next week. (laughs) (laughs) Great job. Hey, Captain Jim, I know you're fishing other than, you know, the kelp beds and the rock piles and our immediate inshore area because you do a whiz-bang job in the bay. Tell me, how's this past week gone for you? I've seen some mighty good photos uh, on your Facebook page. I've been busy, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, it was pretty a uh, pretty fun week. Um, yeah, we've been just about everywhere. I mean, we've been up and down from uh, pretty much from down in the back part of San Diego Bay all the way up to La Jolla, uh, just depending on what trip. You know, I try to tailor to what the customer's looking for. And uh, it's kind of funny because I just got off the phone with about a 25-minute conversation with a repeat customer that I'm taking out tomorrow. Wow. We're trying to figure out what to do, and it's not because the fish aren't fighting it's because the fish are yeah. like, well what do you want to do <laughs> <laughs> that's great you know i i noticed during the week uh, in particular you know you normally you only you take pictures of uh, your customers were the first fish they catch and then you get on to catching more but man i saw uh, one day that you had uh it looked like everyone had keeper halibut on and uh uh is there a good halibut bite out there right now there is a good halibut bite, but uh, one thing I can confess about the pictures is remember that, you know. They're photoshopped? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> a picture is worth a thousand words, but a fishing picture is worth a thousand exaggerations. So, <laughs> I, let, let's put it this way. No halibut were harmed in the taking of those pictures. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Well, you know, and that's good because of the fact that I know you got a lot of people that uh, come in from out of town. They want to just go out and pull on fish, and uh, uh, you're an advocate of catch and release, especially when uh, fishing some of these species. You know, we were talking about calico bass, that it, it takes a long time for a calico bass to get up into the double-digit uh, range. Stan, you, you have any idea, like if you catch a 10- or 12-pound calico, how old that fish is? Probably 20-something years old. Yeah, that's what I heard. At you, least. You believe that too, Jim? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't card them when I catch them. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm Ask them for their driver's license next time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, if the moon causes the tide to move, then whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> you know, Jim, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, Captain Mike uh, Franchek on, uh, and they were telling us that, hey, they're, they're finding – you know, kelp patties offshore there, and well, the kelp patties, uh, you know, obviously, they they're ripped off from the kelp on our, our local shoreline. Are you finding there's still a good abundance of kelp out there to fish around, or is the kelp getting kind of thin? Uh, well, we've been we've been seeing quite a bit of kelp in the kelp beds, uh, and if anything, it's growing thicker, which is you know you could imagine it would in the summertime. It does grow, you know, they say a foot a day, so. Uh, with the right sunlight penetration, we've been having plenty of that. So, warm water and light penetration. I think it's it's just going to get thicker, and 
you know, I, I do my fair share of trying to uh, knock some patties loose for you guys that go out there. So. <laughs> Appreciate that. Hey, uh, you know, well, you know, you brought up an inst- interesting predicament. You got a call from a customer and they go, hey, I want to go out and fish what's hot. Uh, what kind of recommendation do you give them or do you kind of, you know, tailor a trip for them uh, a little more around whatever uh, their their skill level might be? You know, that's a great way to put it, John, um, and that's exactly it. I, I say we spend more time in the Bay for uh, one of these reasons that I'm about to list. One is it's calm water. You don't have to worry about drama mean. You don't have to worry about seasickness whatsoever. Uh, it's calm water. Um, two, it's because it's calm water, it also means it's not trafficy. You don't have to worry about big crowds, a lot, a lot of boats, you know, especially on the weekday. And weekends may be a little bit different, but... Um, the other thing is that it's a simple bite. You, you don't have to have a major skill level set. You don't even have to cast. A lot of times we're dropping the line straight over and just drifting away from where we drop. And that's, that's fine, you know, a really good method to catch fish. As well as, you know, when I sit on that electronic anchor and I've got a chum bucket out there, a lot of times those fish are coming right under the boat. So it just makes it really, you know, I'd say entry level to even level one. Uh, for the person who wants to get out and do something a little different, a little more hardcore, a lot more casting and winding type fishing where you're actually feeling more interactive, then that's when we'll hit the reefs and the kelp, and, and especially if they want something that they might want to take home to eat between, you know, our sand bass, the halibut that we can catch. You know, I've never caught a short halibut coastally. I mean, we catch plenty of shorts in the bay. And we, I can't say we catch more halibut in the bay, but we never catch one that's short outside the bay. And so you're talking between that, the rockfish, the barracuda, the yellowtail, and right now we have the meta all up and down the coast like crazy. You know, so there's, again, it's just a different skill set, different uh, what a person wants to uh, attack. So to speak. And some of that bonita is the size of small tuna. I mean, we got, we got some that I told them I wish I'd find a, a yellowfin that big. They yeah, were some. Know, there were some quality bonita out there right now. Up until this week, Stan, yeah, I we've caught yellowtail smaller than our bonita. Um, this this week was an exception. We got a really good yellowtail, and go figure, it was on a bass rod. But uh, we weren't ready, but got it in the boat anyway. Forty minutes later, you know, Captain uh, James, I saw a post from our good friend Tommy Gomes, and I want to. Uh, you know, acknowledge the fact that Tommy's dad, uh, David, uh, passed away uh, uh, during this past week, and this is the first opportunity uh, Tommy's really had to go on out and fish the bay. Uh, I know he loves fishing the bay, as did his dad and his friends, and they happened to put a post on there, and and they they quit, you know, before noon that they had almost 150 fish of four different species that they had brought aboard. Is the fishing, if you want to Go out into the back bay really that good right now? Well, yes and no. It's not necessarily in the back bay, and I'm not going to give up Tommy's areas. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it is pretty good, John. And it's a matter of following the birds. It's good old-fashioned fishing tactics. And, again, this is not for the person who, you know, can barely cast or can't cast without, you know, looping up the reel really badly. It, this is really chasing birds around. You chase the birds. You throw your, your lures of favor, you know, whether it be a plastic or a hard bait, and you catch as many as you can because by the time you get two, three fish in, you're chasing the birds down the bay again. 
So it's really running and gunning type fishing. But if you can get into it and and do that, boy, John, we can have some really fantastic days out there right now. And it, you know, basically, it's what the guys are doing offshore, right? They're just chasing birds around. So only you're doing it in a smaller package and calmer waters. You know, Jim, I know you supply your clients with all the gear and all the lures if they desire to. But you know, you get those people that they want to get their own stuff. They want to get their own gear. So let's say if someone wants to go out with you and fish in the back bay to get a, a, a really nice uh, uh, spinning outfit, what, uh, what do you suggest with regards to the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the rating on the rod? Uh, uh, you know, how long should it be? How heavy an action should it be? Uh, uh, what kind of size reel should they have? And, and what pound test should they have on it? Yeah, that's a great question, John. My go-to in the bay, and I do vary either lighter or heavier from it, but my go-to has got to be a 3,000-size reel or a 30, depending on what brand you're looking at, um, spinning reel. And uh, a lot of times if we're chucking and winding, we're throwing straight mono, and usually it's 10-pound eyes line, and on a medium to medium light rod. I try not to go any, any heavier than a medium. And usually six and a half, seven foot is fine. And we're going to throw a quarter ounce lure on that. So whether we're throwing a quarter ounce cast master or whether we're throwing a quarter ounce uh, lead head with, with a swim bait or a grub tail on it, that's what we're throwing. And that's, that's a perfect rig for that. And again, I go straight mono because most folks can cast that a lot better. And uh, you don't have to worry about the twist when you're chucking and winding as you would if you were dropping in deep water. If you're dropping in deep water like we do more downtown, um, and on out from the bay, let's say around Harbor Island, Shelter Island, when we're doing those deeper drifts, I highly suggest going with a medium heavy. Um, still, you, you could use a 3,000 reel, but I would, I'd like to upgrade to a 4,000 because I can put more line on it. And usually I'm running a 30-pound Iser braid on that one. And then I'll top shot with a swivel. All right. And uh, when it comes to fishing in the back bay, I know you're fishing a lot of flats. You're normally fishing shallower water. You're looking for pockets. But a lot of grass beds back there. Is it really necessary to bring weedless jigs with you, or can you uh, fish uh, you know, successfully without uh, going weedless? I am not a fan of weedless, and the reason being is because um, our fish, they're not the same as, say, a freshwater fish. Uh, freshwater fish can pick up a, a weedless bait, you lean into it, and he'll hold it for a little bit, gives you time to set the hook. These saltwater fish, they pick it up, they drop it. So if you don't have that hook out and ready, you're going to lose that fish. And, uh, and I'd much rather deal with weeds than deal with lost fish. I can understand that. Well, James, you know, we're considering, uh, we're really just in the beginning of what I think still going to be a great season lasting for the next few months. If people want to get a hold of you, book a trip, find out what your schedule is, your rates, uh, see if they can do a half day, bring the kids out, uh, any of those questions, how do they get a hold of you? Well, they can always reach me on the website. It's thefishicon.com, or you can give me a phone call. It's 619-395-0799. All right, Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. Thanks a lot for being with us tonight, Jim. We look forward to talking to you again next weekend on Rod and Reel Radio. Always a pleasure, John. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.
All right. Hey, everyone, that's the end of the first hour of Ron Real Radio. If you missed any of it, man, you missed a really good show. A lot of great information. But there's still another hour of Ron Real Radio to come up. Coming up next, we've got pro angler Roy Hawk with us. So stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Guano Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take it, kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in La Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. You know, the last promo spot you just heard was from Dean Rojas, and today is Dean Rojas's birthday. So from Rod and Real Radio and all throughout Southern California, we want to wish Dean a really happy birthday. I think Dean's in Lake Havasu right now celebrating. So, Dean, if you can hear us, have a great birthday, and we look forward to talking to you here in the not-too-distant future. Hey, 
We have with us now another guy from Lake Havasu. Man, we are raising some of the best fishermen in the country <laughs> right out here in the West. This fella is the 2016 Coastal FLW Series Western Division Strike King Angler of the Year. That is one mouthful. I hope they put that all on the trophy for him. And he is also the 2015 One Bass U.S. Open champion. And we've got the 2016 U.S. Bass Open coming up here real quickly in the beginning of September. we got Mr. Roy Hawk with us from Lake Havasu. Roy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you guys all doing? Alive and well, buddy, but not as well as you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Roy, awesome. I got to tell you, uh, you know, we've been following your career for the past few years over here. Uh, a lot, a lot of lo- new listeners, a lot of new people in the sport, a lot of young people. Uh, you know, they think, boy, Roy Hawk, uh, you know, he's been there forever. He's some flash in the pan, uh, you know, that just came out of nowhere. But, you know, it was a hard road for you to, to get where you are. Just... Tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got to where you are today. Well, yeah, you're right. It's been a long it's been a long road for sure. You know, ever since I was little, I I always loved to fish. It's like all you know, all I really wanted to do when I was younger. And as I aged, then um, you know, when I got into high school and whatnot, I started fishing, um, looking for a club to get into and that type of thing. And ended up getting into a, a club in Utah and kind of working my way up from the club level and got into some, uh, got into our federation, uh, state team type tournaments and did some of those, made it to like the Western divisionals. And then I started fishing team tournaments just because it was a better payout, you know, and I could actually get to a tournament and, and be able to get home too. So I started doing those <laughs> and, uh, Very important. And won a little bit of, a little bit of money here and there. And, and, uh, in the beginning, when I started fishing pro tournaments, I didn't even own a boat. So I would uh, I would find these guys, friends and stuff that had boats, and and I talked to them and convinced them to come fish a pro tournament. And I would use their their boat as a pro, and they'd go as a co, and we practice together. And and so they got to go on something cool, something they've never been to before, and see a lake maybe they've never seen, and that type of thing. And then I got the opportunity to fish as a pro. So that's the kind of how I I got fishing on the pro level is just borrowing boats. And uh, I think it was the two thousand. 2002, I think I won my first boat at the U.S. Open in a borrowed boat. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and I used that. I, you know, I cashed that in and, and bought my very first Ranger, 2003, uh, 521. So, good start. That's how it, uh, by the way, it all started. And since then, you know, I've just been fishing as much as I can all the time. Um, I've been doing it full time since, uh, let's see, that would be, I think, back now. I think it was August 2007. I think I remember right. <laughs> People think yeah, seem to think that this is a real glorious life, but I'm telling you what: if, <laughs> if you ever traveled as a pro, gang, you travel a lot. Where you're, you know, I mean, we had camper shells on the back of the trucks, and we went circuit to circuit to circuit, and you were basically you stop and wash your clothes one one day and go to the drive to the next lake and pre-fish and then head back to where you're supposed to fish that week. And uh, there's a lot of camping, and, and you're, it's not the glorious life while you're trying to make your way up that line. No, it's a it's a ton of work. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a labor of love for sure. I, I absolutely love it. And it's all I really ever wanted to do. So, um, you know, you just you do whatever you got to do. It's a lot of feast and, you know, a lot of famine. So 
Well, you Roy, never know when your next check's going to come from. We're well, talking. That's the way it works. We're talking to you. You know, you live in Lake Havasu City right now. Uh, have you always yeah. lived there? And and is it a plus or minus living there for you when it comes to your uh, your fishing uh, career and what you're going to be doing in the future? Yeah, I, I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, so that's not really the bass fishing capital of the world by any <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, growing up there, I did what we called cross training, where I'd go out and use bass lures to catch trout, you know, like tube jigs and jerk baits and crankbaits and a bunch of different things to stay sharp and fished a lot of little ponds, you know, around uh, the Salt Lake area and uh, then would travel, you know, when I had when I had the opportunity to, to fish other bigger reservoirs and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, here the Havasu has been a real blessing. I've lived here full-time for four years now, and uh, Havasu in itself is, in my opinion, it's the best training ground in the Western United States mm-hmm. uh, just because it's so, there's so many different patterns you can run here. You have so many variables, um, you know, with current, no current, stained water, clear water, grass, rock, tules, you know, river-type scenario, deep reservoir-type scenario in other parts. You know, there's just so many, and largemouth and smallmouth both. So you can literally pick, you know, say, a jerkbait, and you can figure out how to use a jerkbait and where it works the best and everything on this lake, you know, or the crankbait or a worm or anything you want to work on, you can, you can make it productive here. You know, Roy, uh, uh, we did a, a, a Rod Reel radio show from Lake Havasu when the BASS Elite Series was there. And they had, uh, you know, a lot of the top uh, BASS pros in the country. And these guys, mm-hmm. they see a lot of different water. And, you know, whether or not you're talking about Lake Champlain and, and uh, St. Lawrence Seaway area or going down and fishing Toledo Bend, Grand, Grand Lake, some of these lakes that are legendary lakes, they come out here to the West Coast, and I did not find one that was not super impressed and thought that Lake Havasu was absolutely one of the best compounds that the, in the country that they'd fish for the variety of fish and, and the quality of the fish. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I definitely support that for sure. And, and me talking to them as well, you know, I've talked to guys all over the country that, you know, have, have had the opportunity to come here and fish a tournament, and they say the same thing. You know, one of the biggest, we got a great fishery. It's really healthy. It's plenty big enough to have major events on. And, uh, you know, a lot of different patterns you can run. Everyone has, you know, something they can do. And then one of the key things is just the way our town's set up. You know, it's a, it's a boating town. So almost every hotel is going to have boat parking, that type of thing. Everything's going to be close. You know, you're always, wherever you stay in town, you're going to be five minutes from the lawn tram, five minutes to Walmart. You know what I mean? Everything. Anything you possibly could need is going to be really short distance. You know, it's also yeah, it's a fun. A, just it, all set up that way. It's a fun town to be in because there's great restaurants over there. Everything's really close to the launch ramps. If you decide you yeah. you want to go out of Windsor there, if you want to go on different parts of the lake, you got uh, you know uh, a Cattail Cove you can launch out of. You can uh, launch all the way at Havasu Springs. You can launch out of Black Meadows. Different areas mm-hmm. of the lake to launch at if you want to. Uh, uh, you know, really key in on that part of the lake. But it wasn't always like that. And you probably remember, too, uh, it was tough catching fish over there. What what turned the tide for the good fishing there, in your uh, uh, in your opinion, Roy? It's kind of it's like a perfect storm, I see it being. We had a variety of different new things that happened. One of the major ones is we have the biggest habitat restoration project in the United States going on 
where they put out, um, they used to put out big plastic, what we call them cages, but they're big habitats out there that the bass and the, the fingerlings and all the different minnows and stuff can all hide in it. And uh, so that that's really helped. Now all they do is put brush piles in. It's all natural brush piles. And that's just, an, I mean, there's people with full-time jobs. That's all they do is put brush piles in the lake. So, I mean, that's been a huge, huge, huge thing. And then we they maintain the water level really good to where it only fluctuates four or five feet a year. That's helped a ton. And then uh, we got tons of grass now, tons of grass. Oh, wow. And that's uh, good. I know I probably shouldn't say this, but it, it really seems like the quagga mussels have helped, you know, really. Well, I brought that up. Uh, about a week ago or two weeks ago, I I asked the DFG guy the same thing because I really think that I don't know why, but yeah. that the quagga mussel thing has enhanced the fishability of the Colorado River, and I don't absolutely I don't exactly know how or why that worked, but I mean it's really made a comeback. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know how like that our... works, but it, it's been working, and I know the habitat thing in Havasu's off the charts. I mean, yeah. I'm watching, we, we talked about that also, where, you know, they started Lake Mead way back when, trying to put stuff in and putting all kinds of stuff in Mojave, and not as much as Mojave, but Mead had the first run of it, and then Havasu had a, a bunch of it with the, with the cages that they put in, and now it's just become off the charts great fishing, especially the smallmouth had been introduced there, and it mm-hmm. went wild. I mean, that thing's just super good. You know that, and if you're a red ear, you are in hog heaven if you live in <laughs> heaven. <Havasu. right. laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Roy, let's talk, say, let's talk a little that, bit uh, about... World record. Yes? Oh, sorry. The world record red ear, I think they broke it four or five times here in a row, so that's pretty amazing. It, I, mean, it it, it, I don't know it, what the last one was. It's five pounds something, though. <laughs> you know, and I've got to tell you that uh, when I was there for the, uh, the lead open, uh, when... Uh, uh, some of the fellas that didn't make the cut out of the first uh, two days, they were still happy because what they wanted to do is they want to go out, especially some of the boys that come from the southeast, they want to go out and fish for them big brim. You know, uh, yeah. they, they hear about those uh, big brim, and I think it was uh, Shaw Grigsby was one of the fellas that was uh, looking forward to getting on out there, even though he didn't make the cut. And I think he wound up, catching a four-and-a-half-pound red ear, and he was pretty impressed oh, with that. Oh, he'll probably never horse. catch one that big again or ever even see one alive like that, you know, unless he <laughs> comes back here. It's just amazing. Hey, Roy, let's talk a little bit about, yeah. the, you know, 2016 and 2015. First of all, you're, you're the uh, uh, angler of the year for FLW, but that isn't something that came across easy, but – Man, you had two finishes in the top three, and even though you were coming to your last tournament, the Angler of the Year title wasn't a slam dunk for you. You you still had to perform in that last tournament. Tell us a little bit about how that went for you in the FLW. Well, I mean, I mean, it was uh, it was awesome just having the opportunity. I'm typically not known for a super consistent guy. Um, I'm always trying to win, so. It's, you know, when you live from check to check and, and whatnot, it's so important to, like, win a tournament, you know. That's that's how you can live for an extended period of the time. So a lot of my focus is always just trying to win, not necessarily being consistent. I want to make it to the championship and whatnot. That's the biggest thing because that's just free money, you know, when you get to those. So you always want to make the championship. And then you want to, always want to try and give yourself an opportunity to win something throughout the year. 
something major, you know. So that, you know, just being in that position, though, was really cool and thinking that, wow, I actually might win Angler of the Year was really neat. And uh, you really, in this, in Western Series, you have to make three top tens, basically, to, you know, to have a shot at Angler of the Year. So it was, it was cool. It was really, really cool. And once I made it into the top ten, then, you know, and, and the other two guys that were in contention didn't make it, and, you know, it was pretty much wrapped up. So that last day was a lot of fun, and I didn't have to think about it, and it was just cool. You know, one of the sports writers mentioned that you really like fishing in waters that are unknown, and especially if you're fishing in the FLW coming from, you know, the Lake Havasu area with, you know, your roots in uh, uh, Salt Lake City. When you've got to fish Lake Shasta, Clear Lake, and then finish at the California Delta, you are yeah. fishing in waters that are, are under kind of known, unknown to you. But do you still use a lot of the same uh, uh, techniques that you, you've learned in, in your home lakes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And you're always trying to learn new stuff. You know, like this year I actually threw the bladed jig like a chatterbait. I threw that a lot this year. I had uh, at Clear Lake and the Delta both. I had that was my key lures at both those two fisheries, and uh, that's something that in general I haven't really thrown that much. Um, I you know especially to that type of an extent to like really get into the bait and really understand it and really you know work with it hard. You know I we me and a friend went through it and redesigned it and made it the way I wanted and you know with the right hook and you know what I mean. We worked a long time and hard on doing it and then you know out on the water i would get a big you know real good understanding of the right line and the rod and you know how they bite it and how to set the hook right and you know all that stuff so it was that was really really cool and and but yeah you always got to keep learning i mean that's the big thing what did you, you come up with new just out of curiosity if you, you if you want to tell us on that What's on that? the chatterbait you know which type yeah. of head which type of blade um it's a regular coffin blade um, with the with the lip just bent a little bit, um, and the the head style is kind of just like an archy style, kind of in between an archy and a and a uh, like a pea head, you know, a little bit narrower than like a. It's it's basically like an archy head. And is this a bait that you uh, you like to fish like a drig and drag it across uh-huh. the bottom, or are you swimming it or bouncing it up and down? How do you find it to be most effective, or do you fish it different ways uh, depending on the conditions? Yeah, different ways. The one key thing we were talking about the lure itself is I put a uh, a gamakatsu flipping hook in it, so I would okay. actually disassemble a regular uh, uh, flipping hook, and we would melt that into the into it and use a flipping hook so it has a certain bend to it and stuff and the land ratio went way up when i use that so that was pretty cool that's um, pretty good yeah, that's a pretty good little piece of information there i mean i use yeah. gami hooks for pretty much everything come to think of it freshwater fishing um, uh-huh. and my jig hooks i've got my own mold for a particular jig that uh and all i use is that gami heavy wire hook because it just yeah. works the best Hey, guys, hold on. Uh, why don't we uh, take a break right now, and we'll continue this discussion with uh, Roy Hawk. Roy, can you, you stay with us for another segment and talk about Absolutely. fishing? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, right. Hey, we got Roy Hawk, the 2016 Costa FLW Series Western Division Champion of the Year, and also the One Bass Champion for 2015. We're talking about some of the fishing techniques uh, I hope we get a chance to uh, maybe talk about whether Roy's fishing the 2016 One Bass Open, but we won't find out about that 
until after Stan, Wendy, and I take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages on Rod Real Radio. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. And boy, do we have exciting news for you. Ron Real Radio is now available as a podcast that you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitchers, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for Ron Real Radio and subscribe. Now, you can still hear us at ronrealradio.com live or go to the archive page of Ron Real Radio and download and listen to past shows. But if you get on the, uh, uh, the uh, podcast, you get notifications as soon as new episodes are available, and you can download the shows and listen to them anytime that you want. So uh, listen to Rod Real Radio at your convenience, or better yet, listen to us live every Sunday night on AM 540, starting at 5.05 p.m. Hey, we have with us 
Western Pro Angler Roy Hawk. He's a FLW champion for 2016, one bass champion, a U.S. Open for 2015. And we're talking a little bit about this uh, bait that uh, Roy has. And, Roy, you say that it's uh, got a coffin bill on it. It's got like an arky head on it so you can swim. You use a gamagatsu hook. Uh, what do you do for uh, color and trailers on that lure? Um, it just depends. I mean, I, uh, you know, it just depends on what the fish are eating and, and what you, what you want to do with the bait or what you're trying to imitate, you know, whether it be a crawfish or a shad or a bluegill, that type of thing. So you vary the color and, and, you know, on the conditions. And sometimes I'll make one with a fuller skirt or a thinner skirt, and I, do, I use a variety of different trailers, wow. you know, depending, too. But that's that's one big thing is just the trailer. I mean, you know, do you want something that has, like, a big wag to it, like a big swim bait paddle tail, or do you want something that has no movement at all, you know, like a, a Yamamoto D-Shad that just it's like a fluke, has just a little single tail with hardly any movement. You know, there's just a variety of things, and dialing it in that far um, makes a big difference. Well, that that kind of lets the fish tell you what they want. And exactly. that depends on the arena that you're putting that bait into, too, because some of them want something with that big bumper tail, and some of them want something that's quick and just moving fast and doesn't move much. Yeah, like at uh, Clear Lake, I noticed that I was using a little uh, swim bait trailer, and um, I ended up trimming the sides off the swim bait tail so that it had a narrower shimmy. It wasn't a big wag. Wow. So, I mean, that made a big difference. It was kind of pain trimming them all, but it was well worth it. <laughs> makes it, makes it, made it a little sense subtler, because they right? like the rattle trap up there so much. And that's a yeah. tight wiggle. Yeah. You know, yeah. Roy, uh, when you were fishing FLW, your last tournament of the year was at the California Delta. You hadn't secured angler of the year but you found a big fish but man you had the patience to stay on that fish for a long time tell us a little bit about that episode oh man that was that was unbelievable uh yeah you're right i I found one it was you know it's late season for bedding aren't aren't a lot of big you know bed fish up there are some but you got to look for them you know really really hard and i did i found several of them actually but this one key one was like I don't know. I sat on it for 45 minutes or so and worked it and worked it. I mean, my co-angler ended up taking a nap. You know, we've been there so long. And, and uh, man, I don't know. Just I could just see the whole thing. I know if I get this fish, you know, I'm going to win Angler of the Year. You know, and I'll have a shot at maybe winning the tournament or getting in the cut, you know, that type of thing. It, just, it was just an amazing deal. And, it, I worked it and worked it, and, it, and it, all these variables came into the, into the scene, you know, as that, that time period was. We'd get clouds, and I couldn't see, and a little breeze would come, and I couldn't see, and just all these things, you know. I'd only be able to actually see the fish every once in a while, and, and just it took forever, and the, the tide kept getting lower and lower and lower, and I was afraid it would bail, you know. And, uh, but yeah, it just finally, it finally bit. What were you, what were you trying to entice the the fish with what type of lure and then what did you finally get it to uh, bite on you know i tried a variety of different things but the the main one was the yamamoto uh flapping hog that's something that i i use i don't know for bigger bed fish i use it probably 75 percent of the time and i don't vary you know as far as like using one lure and then another lure that'd be like a last ditch resort usually i can get them to bite just that um 
But yeah, when you're sitting there for 45 minutes, you try all types of stuff. I'd throw a swim bait in there and, you know, drop shot. I mean, I did everything, but that uh, I ended up catching it still on the flapping hog. So, well, that, cool. that shows uh, really a, a lot of brass cojones because, you know, here you are vying for angler of the year. You're spending all this time on a fish, and there's no guarantee that you're going to get this to bite. You could have gone out and mm-hmm. maybe caught three or four other fish and that might have helped you and you're spending time on the fish and and you know stand i and woody we fish the california delta you don't have the best of clarity there to begin with no. and tides are important yeah they are yeah you're absolutely right it was how it was big was that a little bit too? stressful um i can't remember for sure i think it was nine something <laughs> that's a quality that's good enough to sit on 45 minutes i I've done that on smaller ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, hey, let's uh, let's change gears, and we've got it coming on up here in uh, just uh, a few weeks. We had uh, uh, the One Bass Tournament director, Billy Egan, on with us. Uh, he's looking for a full field. The last note I got from Billy, as a matter of fact, was uh, I think about 48 hours ago. He said he already had 109 Pro entries uh, signed up. Uh, last year it was wow. 162. You took everybody's mm-hmm. money over there, though. You won that event. <laughs> Tell us about the U.S. Open at Lake Mead. Oh, man, that was that was an amazing tournament. It was, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, I've worked hard, you know, at for many, many years, you know, and it's it's just been, it's been kind of a nemesis to me, you know, because I've had opportunities to win before and I've just never been able to get it done. Well, I know that made, works. <laughs> yeah, over the years, I mean, that's that's like our biggest tournament of the year, and it's afforded me to, you know, make some pretty good money throughout, you know, my career. You know, just being able to fish that and get a good check, that type of thing. Like I said, I won my first boat at the U.S. Open, and and then to just to finally win one was really really cool, and have my family there, and my wife there, and all that was made it even better. So it was it was really cool, really really cool. Do you consider Lake Mead like a, a, a home lake, or does the uh, water level there, the way that it has decreased over the uh, you know the past ten years, uh, th- is it like fishing a new lake every time you go there? It it really is. It's very different from year years to years. Um, but yeah, it is. It actually that was my home lake, and you know when I lived in Salt Lake, it was six and a half hours from my house, and that was my my closest major tournament body of water. So that was my home lake so to speak that's pretty wild you know but yeah it, it changes all the time you know with the water level that's it's been a major major deal you know i remember back when we had all the trees and all that in the water that was it was incredible up there in the virgin river and oh uh, yeah you know it's just a, it's still a really good fishery i mean it's a lot of fun we were there i don't know a month or so ago and you know there's a lot of a lot of decent quality fish in there well, you know, when it used to be you could go up to God's Pocket and then and fish all the way up into the river, flipping if you wanted yeah. to, crashing the trees. That was fun. But then now it's down to where you got to kind of pick and choose and kind of learn the new lake and watch the water levels as it drops because it creates new problems for all the guys that are out there. But it's yeah. the greatest equalizer of fishermen. It, it really is. I'm a firm believer in that. You'll see, uh, you know, all different people win major tournaments there. You know, they have, they have, it's still our single biggest money lake that we have in the West United States. There's more money to be won on me than just about anywhere with all the uh, team TOCs, the U.S. Open, and then, 
you know, having the FLWs there periodically and all those things together, it's still probably the most money available of any single lake. And it's hard. It's the, I think it's the hardest fishery to learn because the wind blows one way and you're on them, and the wind blows in a different direction or the sun comes out, and that bite and that whole area of the lake dies, and you've got to know where to go and what to throw someplace else. It's, a, it's an amazing fishery. Yeah, it is. It's what I call an intuitive fishery. Yeah. You, you just have to follow your intuition, and, you know, sometimes you'll just pick up and leave and go all the way across the lake, you know, to the other side, and, you know, just because you have a feeling like you could catch, you know, another two-pounder over there, that type of thing. But, yeah, it's, the conditions change so much. I mean, even hour to hour there sometimes with the weather and, uh, you know, following all the different patterns and stuff so key there. You can't get stuck on one thing, that's for sure, or one spot, that type of deal. No, you have to have a repertoire and go down the bank, and you might go a mile per fish or more <laughs> yeah. to get them. You know, yeah, uh, that's that. What uh, what lures have you found that uh, you've been successful on and uh, that you think you might employ uh, coming up here for the 2016 uh, U.S. Open? Um, I mean, it's kind of just standard stuff. I, topwater bait's going to be really key. I mean, that's something that I'll have on the deck of my boat throughout the whole event. Um, then a crankbait or a spinnerbait or both. Um, a lot of reaction-type stuff is what I typically do. Um, you got to have a good jig, usually something a little smaller, compact, um, something that you can fish down to, you know, 20, 25 feet. Um, and then um, probably drop shot, you know. I always have one sitting there, but I hardly ever throw it. <laughs> it's just not my thing, you know. I'd do it if I had to. When you need that one yeah. fish, that's, that, that would, that's mm-hmm. the one thing you can go to and get one. Right. Right. Well, and it could be, you know, it's been one on a drop shot before. It could be one on it this year. Um, guys have won it on spinnerbait, topwater, um, flipping <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, well, you know, mm-hmm. just like Lake Havasu, uh, with the introduction of the smallmouth there, there was a time at Lake Havasu when, you know, you'd, you'd hardly see a smallmouth coming in at all. And, and you'd never see it as big fish because there was always largemouth there. The same thing mm-hmm. with uh, Mead. And now all of a sudden with Lake Mead, you've seen the introduction of the the smallmouth, and it seems like they're becoming more and more of a presence and and something that you've got to start targeting. Do you do you target the largemouth differently than the smallmouth on on Havasut or or for that matter Lake Mead? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sometimes they're you know they're in and around each other you know at the same time, especially when they're schooled up on bait fish. Um, a lot of times they'll pack up together and, and use each other. Um, and on Mead, I would say that I catch. I don't necessarily just target largemouth. I usually catch both in, in similar areas. Um, not always, but a lot. Um, you may, like, find a good cove, and in that cove you'll catch largemouth and smallmouth, that type of thing. Smallies might be a little bit more oriented on the on the points, where some of the largemouth might be in the little pockets a little bit more, but you catch them both both areas. On Havasu, yeah, definitely major, major differences, you know, with being able to flip and... and uh, we got heavy grass here and tules and that type of stuff. And on the main lake, um, they're largemouth. They're almost always, at least the key ones, are all around that habitat where the smallmouth will be way out on a point, that type of a deal. You still right. catch, you know, some of them, you know, they cross over, of course, but you can actually target, like, go, I'm going smallmouth fishing and be able to 
go and do certain things and be able to catch key smallmouth, or I'm going to go largemouth fishing and really dial in on it. Hey, Roy, we got to take another break right now. Is there any way we can get you to stay over just a little bit longer? No problem at all. All right. Hey, you're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. We're speaking with uh, FLW uh, Western Division Angler of the Year, Roy Hawk. It's also the 2015 One Bass U.S. Open. We're talking a little bit about the upcoming U.S. Bass Tournament, Fishing Lake Mead. Stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back with more Ron Real Radio after these messages. Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, Two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to HM Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619 222 1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Hey, we want to uh, also remind you anglers, the 2016 El Cajon Ford San Diego Team Open. It's a two-day event, Monday and Tuesday. 
will take place August 8th, August 9th. We're going to be fishing Lake El Capitan, Lake Otai. It's one of the largest team opens uh, here in the West other than the U.S. Open. $6,000 is the guaranteed first place prize with $1,000 guaranteed for the big fish of the tournament. $1,000 guaranteed for the largest stringer. Hey, if you want to get uh, more information, just go to rodandreelradio.com or San Diego Tournaments on Facebook. If you enter before August the 6th, we're going to have an early bird drawing. We'll have the team meeting at Alcone Ford on August the 7th. That's the San Diego team open from El Cajon Ford. $6,000 guaranteed first place prize if you can make it. Come on out and fish with us. It's going to be a grand event. It has been for the past 18 years. And we are talking with Roy Hawk. He's a one-bass U.S. Open champion, FLW champion. Roy, thanks a lot again for being with us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, hey, uh, uh, coming on up, are you going to get a chance to fish now for the U.S. Open uh, uh, much at all, or have you been fishing it? Uh, you're talking fishing Lake Mead? Yeah, fishing Lake Mead. Sorry about that. Yeah, 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 sorry. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get a chance to get up there a little bit before uh, before the tournament, and, yes, I'm definitely fishing the tournament. Uh, it's uh, Nothing conflicts with that at all um, in my schedule, so. Um, and man, that would be a heartbreaker if I ever had to miss it. I have missed it a few years, you know, in the past. So, um, but yeah, really looking forward to getting out there. I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great event. We're going to have, I believe we'll have more participants than we had last year. Um, it looks like it, you know, everything's in forward motion and we have more people signed up now than we did last year at this time. So everything looks really good. Um, I was up a couple of weeks ago and the fishing's been pretty good. Um, just looking at team results and, and whatnot. And, uh, have they stabilized the water a little bit? Yeah, they have. It's come up uh, this month. It's come up about a foot, so it, that that isn't a big increase or anything. But at least it's staying stable. Really? No, that's stable. If and... it comes up a foot, that's stable <laughs> for Lake yeah. Mead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was at a historic uh, low there, uh, Stan. You know, and and speaking with Billy Egan too. There's obviously there's a conflict with uh, uh, the uh, uh, BASS. So some of the guys that Love yeah. to come out here and fish that. Gary Klein, John Morrow, Dean Rojas, uh, Aaron Martins, uh, Clifford Perch. You know, they're not yep. coming on. They're not fishing this thing. So it's going to give the opportunity for some of the Western guys to really sign, uh, shine out here and, and break into the big time. Yeah, but yeah, it is a great opportunity. But also, too, I mean, we need those guys. I, I hope that, uh, you know, in the future we can schedule it, uh, you know, to where they can all fish it. We need those guys out here. I mean, they bring a lot of press and a lot of recognition to the tournament and to the Western United States. So, Plus, um, you don't want to, I, I, myself, I want to fish against the, the best of the best. If you're going to fish against yeah. the guys out there in the U.S. Open, you want to fish against the guys that you really want to beat. I mean, those are the guys that, yeah. if you're, they, a lot of them came from the West, a lot of them are great talents from the West, and they love coming back, Aaron Martins and Johnny Murray and, and the gang all came from here, and they all go back east. But they all like coming back, even Byron Velvick, all the boys. But you want yeah. them to all be here. Yeah, you do. And they're bummed. I, I talked to a lot of them there at ICAST uh, last week or last month, and uh, and they're they're pretty bummed. But, you know, it is what it is, and, and they hope that schedules will be different, you know, next year, and they can all show up and 
we can make it a real big event. <laughs> you know, when we had Gary Klein, he loves fishing Lake Mead, and he says Lake yeah. Mead is one of the uh, most challenging lakes in the country to fish, but he yeah. loves fishing it because it it's a great equalizer. He believes everyone starts off on the same page, and then you got to yeah. go out there and figure out what to do. And it's an enduro. I mean, when you get three days of pre-fishing in 115-degree weather, you get your one day of press, and then you get another three days. You got six days of some of the toughest conditions in the country, and not only physically, but mechanically when it comes to uh, uh, your equipment, uh, you've got to be top-notch on everything. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have everything dialed, and you you got to be real fortunate that you don't have any major mechanical problems and all that you know it's a lot of long runs it can be some really rough water and extreme heats and we can get gnarly uh you know monsoon storms that tiny time of year as well to affect it high winds all kinds of stuff we had uh, we had lightning hit the hit the deck a couple of times and and uh, the guys <laughs> with the men had the digital uh trolling motors and they that. shorted out yeah dozens of them <laughs> So yeah, I remember that. that was crazy. Crazy. You know, uh, they yeah. all fried out. It was bizarre. You know, <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize, even though uh, Lake Mead is down uh, to forty-five percent capacity, I think was the last uh-huh. time I heard. If you're launching out of Colville Bay and you still want to go up and and fish Greg's Basin or or uh, any of that area, you still have a fifty-five mile uh, uh, trip and. The weather can be completely different up there, and you, a lot of times you find that out when you're trying to get back. <laughs> you do yeah. when you get the butt on the basin. As you pass Temple Bar, you start seeing some rougher water, and then you just start wondering what you're going to run into to get across. Well, hey, we're speaking with Roy Hawk, and and Roy, you've had uh, you know a great 2015, great uh, 2016. What is in store for you now coming on up? uh in the in the coming year yeah um i won't fully be able to decide that until later in the fall but uh we're looking at fishing the tour next year the flw tour and uh, then i'll continue fishing one of the coastal series either the western or the central and uh you know some wild west bass events that you know that i can fit in between that and team tournaments and you know my my big thing is i fish man i fish as much as i possibly can a lot of guys, they'll just fish like a tour or something, and then when they come home, they don't fish, you know. But for me, I fish all the time. I fish every team tournament, Wednesday nighter, pro tournament, every, at every level that they'll let me into. And uh, I think that helps for me. I mean, everyone's different, and they go about it a different way. But for me, that, that's that been the best for me. I mean, I'll fish 40-plus tournaments a year. You know, I think you know you're I mean? absolutely right there, Roy, because if you're fishing – the team events, and you're fishing lakes other than, you know, just the one lake here or one lake there. If you're fishing around and you're fishing with other people, a lot of times, I learn a ton from the young guys nowadays. These yeah. guys get real creative with what they're doing. They've got a little twist of that I hadn't thought of. There's so much you can learn by being around other events and other guys that are fishing that will help share the information because 
I mean, nowadays you can go online and learn just about anything. But the new stuff that's out there, the creative guys that are coming up with these new little things, little, little twists, make a big difference every once in a while, and it can make a huge difference in your tournament. Hey, hey Stan, uh, you yeah. and I have been around so long that Roy is one of the young guys. Well, there. he is, but, you know, the fact of the matter, you know, I would love to fish with Roy one day oh, <laughs> because it would be fun to go play. Yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Roy, uh, uh, you know, you talk about fishing the FLW Tour. Is, uh-huh. is there a couple of places or lakes that you just can't wait to get on that maybe you've heard about or you've only fished limited, uh, in limited times that you really like to go and learn more about in other parts of the country? Do you mean, uh, like, pertaining to the schedule for next yeah. year or just in general? Uh, both. Uh, yeah, on the schedule, I mean... For me, I mean, I, lo- I love fishing new lakes and, and learning new stuff, and I love fishing back east. I love traveling back there, and and just, you know, the whole atmosphere of being back there is really, really cool. I mean, bass fishing so huge back there, and, um, you know, everyone's just really, really nice, and not like they're not nice out here, but you know what I mean. It's just a lot of fun. Um, Don't you find that yeah, your I mean, the- techniques that you learn out here, the because you've got probably more more in your tackle box than most of the guys back east do you know you've got more techniques and more things that you can you can use when you go back east it opens up a whole new world yeah it really does and and like you were saying i mean you gotta you gotta keep learning that's for sure but uh you know i i fish kind of back east styles out here a lot that's what i that's my thing that i do i don't do a lot of drop shotting and that type of thing I'm more of a chucker and winder and stay on active fish and, you know, that type of thing like you would do back east, you know, crankbaits, spinnerbaits, jigs, you know, flipping, frogging, you know what I mean? Like all those type of things. That's what I I mainly focus on, so it applies. And then when I go to a place like maybe Table Rock and things like that that's set up a little more western-oriented, then I just fit right in. You know, I I really like it. I like those lakes, Beaver Lake, um, Lake Ouachita, all those, like, right in the heartland area, and they're really, really cool. Wachita is a fun, fun fishery. You can do a little of everything there. You bet. You know, when you talk about the crowds, uh, you know, I know, like, uh, when you have a big tournament, the U.S. Open or Mm -hmm. big tournament here at uh, um, uh, Havasu, yeah, the crowds come on out for the weigh-ins, but when you start getting into some of these these what they call secondary market towns. They're not particularly big uh, towns, but the crowds that they draw for the weigh-ins are incredible. And yeah. the, the veracity of, of the uh, the people there, I mean, they're just crazy. Yeah, it is. It's like going to a NASCAR event almost, you know. It's, <laughs> it's pretty wild. It is. Hey, Roy, Roy we, uh, we know you can't do the thing that, that you love to do in fish without some great sponsors behind you. Who's some of the people right now that are standing behind you helping uh, this dream come true for you? Well, the biggest one is Anderson Toyota. I've been with them uh, for about a year and a half, and that's they've helped me out so much and, and taken some of the pressure off financially. Um, so it works. It's been easier for me this last year and a half, and I think that you know is part of why I've done you know a little better or whatnot. So. I, I mean, that's been really, really huge. But Ranger Boats, Evan Root, uh, I've been with a, uh, a rod-making company called Titan Rods. They build custom rods, beautiful rods, and um, love them. That's been, uh, that's been really, really cool. Gamma Hooks, Dual Realis on my hard baits. 
um, Japanese company that have a lot of their biggest thing is like the spy baiting thing. I know that's been going crazy in Southern California. Well, do you and, find uh, that spy bait working around too? Because I know it's big down here uh, in yeah. San Diego. Yeah, it is. It's it's growing like crazy, and uh, it's a great technique. And they have the absolute best spy bait. So um, even you know all the pros back east that throw a spy bait, they grab a dual realis one first. They may not say it, but they're, they're, you can see it on their line. <laughs> but, you know, and, and the thing about the spy bait, most people try to overwork it, and it's got to be one of the, once you know what to do, one of the easiest baits in the world to use, but it's real effective. Yeah, it's kind of like a Senko, you know. It's like the less you do with it, the more, the more yeah. it works. You know, you just let the bait do its thing. Uh, and how about some of your other sponsors? Um, I say Gamakatsu. Gamakatsu, yeah. I use their hooks throughout my whole career. And Ranger, of course, I've I've uh, got my first Ranger in 2002, and uh, absolutely love those boats. And Evinrude's the only motor I've ever ever owned, and been with them for a long time. And uh, that's about it. Well, you should be on with Ron Colby and Gary Yamamoto with the way you've. Oh played. yeah! Oh yeah. my gosh! Because yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're actually, they're my single oldest sponsor. I've been with them, I don't remember exactly how many years, but that's my single oldest sponsor. Oh. And a tremendous company and tremendous soft plastics. And, you know, I've, I can't even tell you how much money I've won because of their, their products. Amen to that one. Hey, well, well Roy, people who work there. What's well, that? What's that, Wendy? And great, what, what, and great people who work there at Gary Yamamoto Custom Base. Oh, yeah, beautiful people, for sure. Well, Roy, we're going to be following you throughout the year, and uh, Rod Real Radio will be at the U.S. Open. We want to thank you. You were very generous with your time to do interviews with us. A lot of things happening to you and everything else like that. And you, you had time to, to do some interviews and uh, give us some insight, especially when you were on the hot seat up there. And I hope to see you <laughs> up there again come uh, uh, Wednesday, I think the, that date on that will be, what, the 14th. Uh, that's the last uh-huh. day of that event. So good luck to you, Roy, and, and thanks Thank for you. being with us. Thank you, Ron. God bless you all. Appreciate you. You all too, right. Roy. Go get him, buddy. Wow. Thank you. Well, guys, you know, uh, we still have great freshwater fishing. The saltwater fishing is, is off the hook over here. Uh, um, you know, Guys, you did a great job tonight. Thanks a lot for letting us uh, know uh, how the fishing was for you. Uh, Wendy, when are you going out again? I have an all-week out on the search for the end of August, and I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's the uh, all-ladies trip. That would be good. Hell, yeah, I'd volunteer for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, thanks. Thanks a lot. That's uh, actually it for tonight. We want to thank you, the listening audience, for staying with you. Hope you had as much fun as we did. So we want to thank Jorge and the AM 540 Studios. Ben Harvey, our local engineer here in San Diego, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Tommy McCune that gave us this this great legacy, which is Rod and Real Radio. But you, the audience, and our sponsors, thanks a lot for sticking with us. We try to mix it on up, make it fun tonight. I hope it was entertaining and informative for you. So until next Sunday night at 5.05 p.m. on AM 540 or at com. thank you for listening to Ron Real Radio. Get out there and get them. As Kevin Minio used to say, they're getting away. We look forward to seeing you on the water. We're out for now. Good night, everybody. Uh-huh.
Gone fishing. How real gone, man. <laughs> you ain't working anymore.